Welcome to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a business mindset coach, entrepreneur, and a top competitor in a male-dominated industry. I'm a native Texan, the youngest of all brothers, and a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor recovering perfectionist. I've spent over a decade building my commission-based career, and my life's purpose is helping other women achieve the same multi-six-figure success I achieved before I was 25. I have a passion for helping women with mindset, money, and manifestation skills to help every young woman realize her full potential. If you're looking for vulnerable conversations, professional development, inspiration, or even a kick in the ass to get you motivated, you have come to the right place. Thanks for checking out the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Now let's jump right in to today's topic. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in with me this Monday. Today, we have our fourth and final co-author from Finding Our Wings joining me today in our final discussion of the book. I have loved hosting these women. There are so many good stories and lessons learned from each of them. And if you haven't already, I highly recommend you head over to Amazon and grab your copy of Finding Our Wings and check out all seven of the co-author's personal stories and lessons learned. Today, I am diving into the personal story of Hirol Patel. Hirol is a master NLP mindset and empowerment coach for women that are two-plus years post-cancer remission. Her 16-plus year of healthcare experience has given her the tools to succeed and thrive while helping women achieve and do the same. I am thrilled to dive into Hero's story with you all because it covers so many good topics, from getting kicked out of school to a scary cancer diagnosis to her success experienced on the other side. There are so many lessons to be learned in this chapter, so I do hope you guys head over to Amazon and get your copy so that you can really dive into the details and the experiences of each of these authors. Hirol, I'm so excited to have you today. I read your chapter the other day and it was phenomenal. Again, so, so many good nuggets. How the heck are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. I am so excited to have you. I've already gotten an opportunity to interview several other co-authors of this book, Finding Our Wings. And I've loved connecting with all of you and gaining insight about what your chapter is about, what your stories are, and the journeys and challenges you've faced going through life. So a lot of our listeners already have a really good idea about what this book is about. With that, do you mind if we jump right into the first question? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So I have asked every co-author this so far, and I want to ask you as well, how did you become a part of this co-authorship? Mm, yeah, so we actually were all originally a part of another co-authorship around two years ago, around uh, around this time actually, and yeah, I just saw the opportunity and felt compelled to jump on it and inquire within the groups or the organization that we were part of, and yeah, I just knew that I had some some story, you know, to share with the world that was needing to be birthed into as far as a book goes went. And the fact that it was a co-authorship versus just me, 
doing, you know, writing a book on my own just really caught my eye and attention. And so through that group, you know, we made it quite far into the editing process of our chapters. And then Mm -hmm. something happened to where, you know, half of us fell out of the group. And, you know, we decided not to continue with that organization. And yeah, come to find it a, a year later, you know, we got asked by and, uh, you know, the other person that was also part of that organization that was co-leading the group at the time that, you know, there was another opportunity for us to be able to put our chapters out again. And so I was like, of course, you know, why not bring that chapter back to life, put some more editing touches on it. And here we are at the end of the end of the path, end of the journey where we've finally, you know, launched our book on Thursday, uh, September 17th and made it to bestseller in two categories. So I couldn't be more happy and excited and proud of all of us for being, you know, getting this far. Yes, that is so exciting. A huge congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. I saw multiple social media dances and excitement. (laughs) (laughs) And so that is phenomenal. You have been live less than a week and you're already the number one, or is it the number one bestseller or bestseller in uh, two categories? Yeah, it was bestseller in two categories. I think spirituality, personal development, and growth for women. Um, I can't Mm -hmm. remember the second category. I'll have to look back into that. (laughs) Good. So aspirational. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Your chapter dives deep into your stories. You fail, get up, and then you're knocked down again with a scary diagnosis. What was the hardest part? And separately, what was the best part of your journey? I'd say the most challenging and difficult part of my journey was receiving, you know, the health diagnosis. I had already, you know, failed out of school at least two years back um, in that timeline. And, you know, that was also a shock, but I had had known it was coming. But then Mm -hmm. for something like a big health scare to just pop up out of the blue, I mean, I just felt really... I felt victimized in that moment, you know, it's like looking to higher power, like, why me? Why me after everything that I had already gone through? And then, you know, like a cherry on top of the Sunday is like, here you go. Here's something that you have to work with and deal with. Yeah. So, and then the, the best part about the journey was getting through to the other side, you know, as far, as far as going through all the treatments, taking the Western medical approach and essentially being healed through chemo and radiation, I knew that there was another opportunity and a sign of hope and growth and being able to come out of this stronger, knowing that I had something quite serious happen to me and that I, you know, essentially was a survivor. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. Do you feel as though you would be where you are today had either one of those things not happened to you? Definitely not. I, in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, wow, it was traumatic, but I'm also equally grateful for having those circumstances come up for me in my life. If it had not been for those two primary awakening events, I wouldn't be who I am today in terms of where I'm at in my own personal development and growth and my 
spiritual path and coming across all the different mentors and learning opportunities to really figure out the source of why things happen the way they did. You know, the answers I was mm-hmm. looking for back 10 years ago, I wouldn't have gotten the answers that I wanted today. Mm-hmm. So just really grateful for everyone and anything that's crossed my path because it's again allowed for my own personal growth and evolution of who I am and how I want to show up in the world for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that because I think it is so difficult for us to see the silver lining in mm-hmm. some of these terrible situations when you're in the thick of it. Right. And it's not until you have almost years of perspective on the back end to where all of a sudden you look at what was happening, your emotions going through it and how at the time it felt like the worst thing Mm -hmm. for you in the world. And then once you are on the other side, you know, several years after, then you're able to have that perspective of here's what that did for me. Here's how I grew as a result of it. And I think it's important just that you said that because there are, I'm sure, many listeners that might be going through that really difficult time right now. So I appreciate you for diving into that. Yeah, thank you. You talk a lot about your identity as an Indian woman in a Western world throughout your chapter. How Mm -hmm. did this play into your experience of failure? Yeah, so a lot of my childhood experience was built on this foundation of being successful, you know, really ingrained in my blueprint that that's my path in life is to be successful no matter what in terms Mm -hmm. of education, job, marriage, relationships, how I looked in our community and beyond that, you know. So when I felt this sense of failure, I initially was like, oh my gosh, what's my community going to, what's my family going to think for once, my extended family, like cousins and so forth. And then of course, our closest family friends. It was like, I had already felt like I was a black sheep at that point. <laughs> like I had failed. And, and we've all is, been there. <laughs> yes. It's like, okay, well, you know, this is a label I've, I'm creating for myself already because I know that's what I'm going to get. And so interestingly enough, that was my experience. You know, when that first episode of my dismissal from the pharmacy school program happened, I was already at edge, you know, I was like, okay, what is everybody going to think? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, so the fascinating thing is that the cancer diagnosis really woke my parents up to another reality. I think it took that amount of time for them to realize that things are not always going to go as planned or look as glamorous and appealing from the outside, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that they were able to essentially learn that in that experience as well. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear in your chapter that you have also grown from this message because a second ago, you were talking about how you wanted to be a success at everything in relationships and school in life. Mm-hmm. And there is a sentence in your in your chapter where you talk about where you basically acknowledge that you and your partner are together in the now and that that's mm-hmm. working for you. Mm-hmm. And so long as it's it continues to work for you, you'll stay together and otherwise you'll part ways, you know, if that's mm-hmm. where your new reality needs to take you. And I think that's right. really important delineation because here earlier on, you had this identity of, oh, I need to make everything absolutely successful. And Mm. for some people, that means it can't end in divorce or it can't Mm. fall apart and then become what they would consider a failure. 
And so you acknowledge that I'm going to allow my relationship to be what it is until it's no longer serving me. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was a very powerful statement for you to make. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it's interesting because I, it has evolved since the chapter (laughs) and being published, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. now single and um, there you go communicating terms with my ex now. So yeah, we're, Mm -hmm. we're in a good space and transition from that old paradigm, essentially. And Mm -hmm. it it all just again, like reflecting back to the illness and the school situation, it's very parallel to that, you know, because our relationship served its purpose, and we Mm -hmm. got to clear out and heal some of the parental and the ancestral traumas and, and all the all the things that we had not otherwise healed within ourselves on our Mm -hmm. own um, had it not been for the relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, to your point, everyone comes into your life to serve some sort of purpose for you. And when their purpose is done, acknowledging that and stepping away is it takes a lot of maturity to reach that point where you can acknowledge Mm -hmm. that and then move forward and not just stay in something because it's what you've always known or it's habitual Mm -hmm. and just saying, you know what, this is, it was great for what it was and for the purposes that we both needed it. And now I'm going to continue on with my journey and not get stuck in this relationship. And I think it's great that so many women now are empowered to make that decision. And I know that they say that, you know, divorce rates are going up right now as you know, more than they were like 50, 60 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, but 50, 60 years ago, women couldn't divorce without a very good reason. And so it's just kind of like when talking about partnerships in general, I think women are just more empowered to say what they want, walk away when they need to, and for it to be a more positive experience nowadays, because we're just saying, hey, this is what I need. You know, it does not need to end on bad terms. Mm -hmm. And I think it's best for both of us to just continue on in the other direction and allow Mm -hmm. other people to come into our lives, which could serve a new purpose. Absolutely. Yes. You know, it's only in this time frame in our life right now where the environment is really playing a big role in our personal lives, bringing Mm -hmm. up a lot of shadows of, you know, our former selves that are otherwise needing to be released so that we can become more empowered. And so, like you mentioned, you know, with all the divorce rates and and just a lot of empowerment that's going on, there's more space for that, I I think. And also, Mm -hmm. people are just leaning more into the, okay, this is how things are unfolding in 2020. And it's, it's okay, you know, because Obviously, nobody expected COVID to come around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yes. Do you have any regrets about what has happened along the way? Mm. You know, sometimes the work that I continue to do, you know, as far as, you know, my coaching relationships with other mentors and students is that the regret around lost time, Mm -hmm. you know, I had wasted, quote unquote, wasted a lot of time in pharmacy school. And then, of course, I had the illness setback. So it pushed me further back in my own being where I want to be today. Now that I speak to being a coach, that's my fully embodied purpose and what I choose to who I choose to be Mm -hmm. in life. I sometimes have that regret of like not getting that sooner. But again, it, it allows me to work on go to work on myself in that area and releasing the 
limiting belief that I've wasted time or, mm-hmm. you know, too much time has gone by, but it's all good coming up for reasons just to release it. So it's no longer in my unconscious mind, you know, mm-hmm. holding me back from who I need to be now and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they say, when you are finally in a position where you can at least acknowledge and give whatever that limiting belief is a name, that's when you can start to work Mm -hmm. on it and let it go. (laughs) Yes. In your chapter, you mentioned that as you up-level as a result of your personal growth, your friends, family, coworkers, they either adjust or they are cut out. And I love that this isn't just limited to your friends. Can you talk about how you've set boundaries with your family to honor this and how this has served you since? Yeah. With my immediate family, start there first. It's speaking up, right? Speaking up more without the fear of being put down. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times it's not, you know, it isn't that. It is getting the same backlash of speaking up. And so I think the biggest message for me and for others out there in terms of creating those boundaries is to keep reestablishing those boundaries, even though it's not going to look perfect. And even though it's possible to continue to keep getting re-triggered, I think my parents are starting to catch on a bit and it, it's it's definitely empowering. You know, they can see, you know, what I'm up to, what I, where I'm at in my life and then honoring that because they can see the big picture now. Had it been five or, you know, 10 years ago, they definitely would have continued to see me as their young, you know, younger hero and gotten upset or angry or so forth for me talking speaking up for myself but you know as I'm a Mm -hmm. now 35 year old entrepreneur businesswoman like they see that it's something to be recognized and respected for and to give me that space as I continue to just bring up the same boundaries for them Mm -hmm. to recognize that yeah and then with my you know my cousins and so forth I you know, been involved in like WhatsApp conversations or long group text messages. And I just, I don't feel Mm -hmm. guilty or bad about it. I just leave the conversation. I have told them in the past that I don't like to be included in a conversation if it's not like important or like a necessary thing. Like hi, hello is great, but I don't like to continue to engage in a conversation that's not really purposeful or meaningful. And so Mm -hmm. I think they're starting to recognize that and not really involve me in those conversations. Or if they do, I just leave the group and I don't get any like, hey, why'd you do that? Or why are you doing this to us? That kind of mentality. It feels good. (laughs) Well, you touched on so many good things. And a couple of the things that you said that I was just like, yes, that is so, so true for, for a lot of us. And one of those things was you mentioned that you were learning to stick up for yourself. And I think Mm -hmm. that so many people are in this people-pleasing mindset where they feel like sticking up for themselves will hurt someone else. And so then they just don't do it and they don't take the action. And I think that it's important that people really understand that putting up boundaries is a huge part of Mm self-care. And if your family genuinely loves you, they're going to be mad at first, right? Because it's change and it's a new identity for you. And they're going to have to acknowledge that and get over it. But at the same time, if they genuinely love you, they'll come around eventually and say, Mm -hmm. you know what? I realized that you had to set that boundary, even though I didn't like it because you needed to do what was best for you. And I love you. So I I want you to do that also, even though Mm -hmm. it's going to piss me off sometimes. 
And so I think it's an important message that you said was just learning to stick up for yourself because so many young women, I mean, even for myself, it wasn't until my mid-20s that I started realizing like, oh, I can speak up for myself with my family and protect myself and, and say what I want and not feel bad about it because I'm being true and authentic to my needs and wants and desires. And mm-hmm. it was hard at first telling people like, hey, mom, grandma, aunts, I mean, I know you guys want to talk on the phone every single day or multiple yeah. times a week, but that's not aligned with what I want to do because, mm-hmm. you know, I do have these things on the side. I do have these hobbies and I want to make mm-hmm. time for free time and creativity and just downtime. I think that's important for people. And yes. I don't want to fill every minute of every day with something to do. And I love you guys, but I don't need a phone call with you every week where you just tell yes. me what Betty Sue down the street is doing. <laughs> and I'm like, that's great. I, okay, what is this? What, what are we talking about right now? Like, I feel like none of this is extremely important. Not to say that connecting with them isn't important because it is, but I think that you can connect with them intentionally, maybe a couple times a month or maybe, you know, whatever feels good for you. But for me, that's not every week. That's like every two weeks for me. (laughs) And so I think just like recognizing what is aligned with what you want and what feels good to you is then what is right. That's exactly what you did with your cousins. Hey, I don't want to have empty text message conversations with a bunch of memes that aren't doing anything and aren't, you know, serving a higher purpose. And they're like, you know what? Cool. Don't like it, but get it. (laughs) I love that you just dove into that. Thank you. For the woman or person who may be experiencing a huge personal failure or some other traumatic event in their life, what do you want them to gain from your story? And what message do you have for them? Yeah, what I want them to gain from my story is knowing that they're not alone in this process. My chapter really dives into, you know, the, there's lots of different threads, mainly the cultural thread. And if a woman reads my chapter, that they can relate, get the learnings, and then move forward. Mm-hmm. Just being able to find the motivation, the courage, and the inspiration to continue to persevere in the midst of trauma or crisis, Mm -hmm. and knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel that will be there, will be guiding them to something higher beyond what their experience was, because that's, that's what I've discovered for myself. And that it it's possible for anyone shall they allow it to manifest and shall they allow it to focus make that their main focus have you always wanted to become a writer i never thought of it no actually i i know that i journaled from a younger age and mm-hmm. always had stories and reflections of my experiences but i never thought that i could publish something or put that out to the world Mm -hmm. to read about it. How does your family feel about it? They were so excited. I mean, so beyond excited. And I had, at the same time, I was like, well, they're going to read this chapter at some point. And (laughs) I just have to allow whatever comes up to come up. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it might not be peaches and, you know, cream and strawberry fields. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they're probably going to definitely uh, have some feeling behind it. Like, what? How could you talk about us this way? But, uh, you know, 
there's some good nuggets to take away. So I think they'll be able to see the beauty in that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that too, because I got into this conversation a bit with Laura. And I mean, I feel like I have this conversation with friends all the time in general. And oh. that conversation is that your parents do the best they can. They mm-hmm. obviously want to try to provide for you the best life in whatever way they imagine and whatever tools they have to make that happen for you. And unfortunately, we as human beings are not perfect. And so even if you are the complete perfect parent, your chi- you have no control over how your child perceives the world or how they perceive your actions. And so it's like they could be doing everything right and you know providing for you all of these things and then in your mind maybe you're like oh I'm not perfect enough and that's why they feel the need to provide all these beautiful things for me you know it's like yeah. you can never control how someone else's narrative is forming their actions later as an adult and so then we're all dealing with these you know quote unquote traumas however that range on the scale of severity and i i, I hope more parents listen into this and just realize that hey whatever our traumas are as a result of our childhood, no, it's like it's no blame or there's Mm -hmm. no shame around it or there shouldn't be shame and a blame around it for you because this is just what happens in relationships and children are all going to have this trauma at some point Mm -hmm. and it's part of our growth and we need it in order to become these, you know, more enlightened beings that we all strive to become. And so those lessons are important for us. And again, it's like, hey, I know you did the best you could. I'm not blaming you. And, you know, we don't need to have a conversation around you did everything that you thought was right. I'm just letting you know that this is how I perceived things, how I interpreted it through the lens of my childhood eyes. Mm -hmm. And that it is what it was. Again, nothing against you does not make you a bad person. Mm -hmm. But here we are, and I'm handling these things. And really, it's just like almost like I want to say to my parents, thank you for doing these yeah. things that weren't perfect and creating right. this trauma for me now as an adult to yeah. work through because this is where my real growth is coming from. Yeah. I I love all the points that you touched on because yeah, from our perspective, you know, we're always grateful for our parents and, and of course, you know, the way they, things played out, it's, it's just what they learned from their parents, their teachers or friends and whoever, you know, and so however they reacted is how they reacted. And there's no, again, no blame or no shame. And at the same time, just being receptive of their, their feedback and how they take it as well, because it's also stuff for them to heal and release and let go of as well. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's all beautiful and, and also, you know, scary and exciting and all the emotions at the same time. <laughs> all the things you know? on the spectrum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Walking into vulnerability with parents in my mind is like one of the scariest things you could do. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm an emotionally fucked up person as an adult, but in a good way because of all the things yes. that happened to me as a kid. <laughs> yes. So what is next for you? I've been in the middle of a group coaching program for women. I launched that kind of earlier on, you know, of August and I'm just refining that process of making it as clear of a message to to the women that I want to serve in terms of providing them this safe group container experience to eventually evolve and allow their allow whatever processes they're going through be more 
empowering. So working on that. Mm-hmm. I'm also continuing to refine my niche around the women that I want to serve in a, in a one-on-one coaching container as well. So yeah, just really getting my business off the ground and making it work. It's definitely a new territory from what I've been used to uh, working for, you know, healthcare, corporate healthcare. So in the process mm-hmm. of transitioning out of that slowly and being fully aligned into my business. For those that want to hear more about you or learn more about your story, where can people go to find and connect with you? First off, our book, Finding Our Wings, is available on the Kindle and Amazon bookstore. It's 99 cents for the Kindle version, and then it's $9.99 for the paperback version. So if they were looking to just start there, um, mm-hmm. it's a great place to start. Otherwise, they can find me at Hero Patel Coaching on Facebook, and then as well as on Instagram. So both are the same name. And then I'm, I have a website. It's under construction. It will also be heropatelcoaching.com, which will have a lot more information on there as well. Perfect. Well, I will make sure that we link all of this in the show notes. That way it's super easy for everyone to find you. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. It was so wonderful having you. I loved your story. And for those that are listening, highly recommend you go check it out. It's full of so much good stuff. And I appreciate you spending your afternoon with me. Thank you so much, Bree. It's been an honor. A huge thank you to all my listeners that have tuned into all four episodes of Diving Into the Stories Behind Finding Our Wings. And as a reminder, head over to Amazon and get your Kindle and or your physical copy of the book. All proceeds are donated to charities that support women and children getting out of sex trafficking. Hirol, it was fantastic having you. And for those who want to learn more about her, her story, or her services, I will link her website and social media accounts so that you could easily find her. And as a reminder, if you haven't already rated, reviewed, or subscribed, I would really, really appreciate it as we are working our way to Apple's new and noteworthy and Spotify's trending list. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with me, and I will catch y'all next Monday. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes. As always, we would love it if you would share this episode with friends and family who could use the inspiration. As a new podcast show, we would really appreciate your honest feedback so I know what you like and what you could use more of. As a thank you for leaving us a rating, we will send you our seven weekly tips to create space for abundance. Make sure you screenshot your review and email it to us at hello at the T-H-E modernmanifestation.com so we can send them straight to your inbox. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Modern Manifestation, or you can head to our website at themodernmanifestation.com. Thanks again for joining me, and I will catch y'all in the next episode.